for joining us on History Makers. And we've got a uh, good friend of ours on the line, Neville Peter, who uh, is a uh, gospel singer. I'm just having a look through the list of the guys he's, uh, he's sung with. He's sung with Shirley Caesar, with Gladys Knight, uh, B.B. Winans. Natalie Cole. Bishop T.D. Jakes. Uh, sung at the White House, and he's an incredible gospel singer. I've just had a look at his website, and he actually looks a little bit like uh, Stevie Wonder. Have you ever had that uh, comparison before? <laughs> Yes, I have, unfortunately. I can't imagine why, but <laughs> since I'm the blind one, I guess, you know, um, you know, I just have to rely on, on what people say, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so, um, so you are a blind gospel singer, and you've just been down in Australia. So tell us, firstly, what did you think about Australia? Oh, I love Australia, man. Yeah. I, I really enjoy the people. I like how you guys are so laid back and, uh, you know, uh, how you guys are just sort of, you know, she'll be right, mate, <laughs> kind of attitude. <laughs> you went to Canberra, and then you've travelled up the East Coast? Yes, I did. I, I started in Canberra, and I went up the East Coast and ended in Brisbane. Mm. And tell us a little bit about your story. For those who don't know your background and your story, you, you, you performed quite a lot of uh, you know concerts and did a lot of reggae, R&B, jazz kind of stuff, uh, and then you had an experience with, with Jesus. Tell us about that. Amen. Well, yes, you know, I... I uh, to back up a little bit, I grew up in the Virgin Islands. Uh, that's uh, in the Caribbean, uh, over uh, in the Atlantic Ocean. And, um, you know, I began singing from a very, very young age. I started off singing in church, actually. But you know how you can get when you get to be a teenager. And so when I became a teenager, I drifted and went out into the world to see if the grass was greener on the other side sort uh-huh. of thing. And, uh, you know, I found out that it wasn't as green as I thought it was. But while I was out there, you know, I, I um, did some performing, um, some touring with, with, with um, Cassandra Wilson, who's a jazz vocalist. And I also um, just did some work on, on, on the Miami Beach area and touring in the nightclubs and playing all kinds of different genres of music. And then, you know, uh, in 1998, it was New Year's, uh, of 1998, you know, the Lord just spoke to me and asked me, you know, if I was satisfied with my life, if I wanted to keep doing this forever, you know, and I just took personal inventory and I began to realize that the Lord had better plans for me, and He did. Now, I'm just saying here that, um, you know, you, you were diagnosed with glaucoma, uh, which is a very painful disease that causes nerve damage in the eyes. Tell us how that affected you. Well, um, I was diagnosed uh, when I was a baby. I was about six months old. And around that time, they didn't really have any uh, way to treat it. I was born in the 70s. uh, And they didn't have any way to treat it. And so the only thing they can do really was, you know, to kind of watch it happen and to to monitor it and to slow down the process. And uh, as you said, it's a very uh, painful disease. Um, and it took away my sight very slowly. Um, glaucoma doesn't work quickly. Mm-hmm. It takes away your, slight, your sight at a very slow pace. So I didn't become blind until I was about, uh, about 12 years old. Um, and, you know, I didn't really have um, much 
problems adjusting to being blind. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story, which is which you might find interesting. Uh, when I was younger, uh, when I was losing my sight, I used to have to wear these real thick glasses to help me to see. And uh, you know how kids can be, you know how they can tease you and stuff yep. like that. So I remember actually uh, when I couldn't see anymore and I didn't need the glasses, I remember actually being glad about it because uh, I, I finally got to take the glasses off. Mm. So, you know, it, for me, I would say that um, the adjustment was more of a social one than a physical one. Uh, I got used to being blind very quickly. Um, I would ride my bike around the neighborhood and stuff like that and get into a lot of trouble. I was a normal kid. So you, you did have the privilege of some sight for those early years, your childhood years. Naville, I'm interested to know if new technology was developed that would actually allow you to regain your sight now, would you want to take advantage of that? Well, not, not necessarily. I mean, I'm totally at peace with where I am and who I am. Um, I'm not, you know, on a great quest to find healing. Um, I feel that, I believe that spiritual healing is really what God wants to give uh, to all of us. Um, I believe um, that the best thing for me would be to see his face when he comes. Mm. If his face is the first thing I see, I'll be satisfied with that. Now, I've been reading in your bio, it says that you resisted God's call initially, and then on January 1, 1998, while playing at a New Year's Eve party in Michael Caine's restaurant, the the famous actor, uh, you decided that you'd seen all the world at offer, but you didn't find it appealing, and you resolved to give your talents to God withholding nothing. Tell us about your journey from there. Well, what, what actually happened was, it was interesting because um, when I de- when I made that decision, I um, needed a job because I decided that I wasn't going to to share my talents with the world anymore. It was just gospel and God's music, and that's it. So no more and Miami clubs. Hello, God. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. And so I I decided. Well, what I'm you know I, I I'm going to um, to teach music for a while. And that was quite interesting because I had uh, some of my friends that were working professionally who would talk to me from time to time, and they would tell me how they were traveling over to Europe and going to this place and that place and working with this person and that person. And I was uh, teaching music uh, to children who really couldn't care less. You know, when, when, when they're that age, you have to motivate them. You yes. know, they don't come with the motivation so it was a tough time, and then I remember just reflecting one morning. Uh, the Lord was, was uh, bringing to me some scriptures that I had read, and he brought to me uh, the, the life of Moses, you know, how Moses was destined for greatness. But before Moses could do what God had called him to do, God had to lead him out into the wilderness to, to, to guide sheep for 40 years. And, you know, that made a huge impact on me. I, I, so I said to myself, well, Lord, you know, if I have to, to be out here leading sheep for 40 <laughs> years and be frustrated with all these kids, then just give me the patience to do it. And every year, you know, I would pray, okay, Lord, is this going to be my last year teaching? And then finally in, in, in uh, 2003, in the year 2003, um, the Lord opened up some doors mm. and I moved from Miami to Orlando, Florida, and I began to uh, to do full time ministry, and uh, several years after that, I ended up in Australia in uh, 2009. And so ever since then, I've just been kind of traveling 
to wherever I can go and wherever um, I'm invited uh, to to uh, do concerts at churches and different uh, venues. And I've uh, since then I've began to record um, CDs. I have five. Uh, CDs uh, out at the present. So you've written over a hundred gospel songs. Now I've had a listen, and I just love the soulful nature of your music. It's just such a smooth groove. There's one particular track I'm interested to hear about. Uh, the the track called "Personal." Can you tell us how that song came about? Well, that song is my personal testimony. Mm, I gathered um, that. Yeah, you know, because I grew up in church. My parents were religious. We went to church, and um, they were devout, uh, and still are devout Christians, you know, love the Lord. and But there comes a time when, you know, you have to know God for yourself. It has to be your testimony, you know. It has to be something real uh, to you. And, you know, I... I I believe uh, that everybody has to come to that point, you know, because God doesn't have any grandchildren or stepchildren or anything like that. It's just you and God. And so, you know, reflecting on that, you know, I I, I, um, began to write the words uh, for the song, and then the music uh, uh, came shortly after. And then I also began to think about, you know, how personal it was for Jesus to come you know, to this earth for us, you know, I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't uh, come here to be a king, and it probably would have been a sacrifice enough, but he actually came here to live the life of an obedient servant, to come to the cross, you know, to pay the debt for all of our sins. And so if, if, if it was personally enough for him to do that, then it should be personal enough for me to give him my whole life and my whole service. I'm just having a look at your website, uh, nevillepeter.com, and uh, I love uh, your favorite two Bible verses there. You've got Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I first saw that verse in public uh, on Evander Holyfield's um, boxing gown when he went to, used to go out and box. I had heard about it, yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me about that, yeah. And the other verse that you love is Isaiah 42.16. says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known, Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. What a beautiful verse. Isn't it, though? Yeah. When I, when I first came across that verse, you know, I, I, I just took that one real personal. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? You know, it's like God promises that he will actually lead me and bring me into unfamiliar paths. You know, I just, I just love that. And it also says on your website that your greatest joy is to use music to introduce people to the Savior and show them how to get ready for his soon return. Uh, so for people listening now that mightn't have been introduced to the Savior that need to hear the gospel, would you share the good news of Jesus with us and, and uh, how people would connect with God? Oh, certainly, certainly. You know, the Bible says that all of us, <clears throat> everyone, have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And I believe that that's the reason why all of us are trying somehow, some way to measure up. And we really don't even understand most of the times what it is that we're trying to measure up to. But the good news, the very good news, is that God has sent his son to this earth to die for us and to give us power not only to live holy, but to live in his presence forever. And you know what I love about that is that with that power comes forgiveness of sins and peace and joy and everlasting, everlasting, everlasting love. 
He's a wonderful, wonderful Savior. And if you have never uh, come to the knowledge of him, you know, I invite you to first to, to open your heart and to ask him to come into your heart. And after you do that, you know, the second thing I would tell you to do is to open up his word, uh, the Bible, and you can find him in there, and he will reveal himself to you. The Bible says that all who seek him with their whole hearts will find him. He mm-hmm. says, if you seek for me and search for me with your heart, you will find me. And I, Look, I, I, I can't see, and I found him. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't require anything, you know, any kind of, uh, anything too special in order to find him except a willing heart. Well, that is wonderful news. And if people want to respond to that, they can go to your website, nevillepeter.com, and, and get in contact with you. But before we go, um, Karen really loves this song, Personal, um, that, uh, that you know she was listening to it on the computer before, jumping around. Um, and I just want to put you on the spot for a moment, if I could. Could you sure. just sing a little bit of that chorus for us? Oh, <laughs> okay, certainly. Yeah, certainly. okay, how's it going? It goes like this. It goes... This time it's personal, I feel your love inside of me. This time it's personal, I used to be blind, but now I see. You're more than someone I just talk about. You're the only friend I can't live without. Oh, how I love you, Lord. This time it's personal. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Naville Peter. That was beautiful. Yay, Naville. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> I love the smoothness of your voice and your music. And again, Naville Peter, N E V I L L E Peter dot com is where you can find out more about Naville. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.